0: Welcome to False Flag Weekly News, the weekly news show that's back from vacation and ready to take on the usual power mongers and spinmeisters. I'm Kevin Barrett with special guest Dr. Cynthia McKinney. Welcome, Cynthia.
1: Well, thank you so much for inviting me on the show.
0: It's good to have you. Uh, and uh, let's just remind our listeners that Dr. Cynthia McKinney uh, spent six terms in the U.S. Congress representing Georgia and ran for president on the Green Party ticket in 2008 when I had the pleasure of voting for her, probably the best presidential vote I ever cast. And so it's really an honor to have you as a False Flag Weekly News co-host.
1: Oh, I'm happy about this, and I hope to do it again. And uh, I hope um, maybe we can work out the time zone issue since I'm about to leave the country.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, you you just keep moving around. I can hardly keep track of you. I
1: know. Just call me Flash. Okay, (laughs) well, we're going to have to
0: flash. Flash. We're going to flash back and forth between all these stories. We have 30-plus stories to go through in an hour, so let's get flashing here, as it were. Okay. <laughs> because that could be misconstrued, but hopefully not. <laughs> okay, so where where are we here? Okay, question everything. Now you have to go through all of the obligatory disclaimers. We'll really flash through those. Uh Question everything. If you can't handle questions, Uh turn the channel and watch something else. Uh Next disclaimer. We sometimes offer disturbing material, and some people don't seem to mind that, but others do. So if you do, then get disturbed. And finally, we are not medical doctors, uh, we are not psychologists, psychiatrists, therapists, or uh cuddly stuffed animals, so uh, if you're going crazy, it's not our fault okay that's enough enough disclaimers let's get to the, the cut to the chase here. uh big stories this week, huge activist events up in Canada, this monster truck convoy that's practically covering the whole length of Canada. I only exaggerate slightly and, uh, and then the d c rally, so it seems like people are starting to wake up on some of this stuff. Where do we begin? I guess our first actual story here is the d c rally. Uh, 30,000 plus people in DC were supporting freedom against mandates and RFK Jr., uh, the other, uh, greatest presidential vote I ever cast, uh, wrote him in last time. Uh, he, he said that we've witnessed 20 months of a coup d'etat against democracy, the controlled demolition of the United States Constitution. Cynthia, do you think RFK Jr. is hip to 9-11 like you are? <laughs> <laughs> Controlled demolition of the Constitution. I like
1: that. (laughs) Well, you know, I think he's hip to a lot of things in that his father, the way his father was murdered. So I think he knows a lot about the way the deep state operates, the way those nefarious characters that have been able to seize control of our government, um, the way it happened and what it means for us. Actually, I was invited to participate in the march, but like I said, I'm in the process of moving to another country, and uh, so I wasn't able to go there, and RFK Jr. got into a little trouble because of an analogy that he made, but the bottom line is he told the truth, and it's mm-hmm. never a bad time to tell the truth.
0: Here, here, and we'll talk about that uh, that Holocaust analogy and all of the kerfluffle in a few stories down the list. But anyway, this this looked like a great rally with Peter McCullough, Robert Malone, Steve Kirsch, and other people providing interesting perspectives on COVID that you're not allowed to hear if the authorities have anything to say about it. Uh, so let's quickly go through a couple of mainstream type COVID stories. Dr. Scott Gottlieb says half of Americans could be infected by Omicron by mid February. It turned out this was a, an audio or video interview. So it uh, wasn't as good as a text story, but yeah, it looks like uh, this Omicron has kind of put COVID out of business or put the COVID business out of business because everybody's going to get it anyway. It's pretty mild. Uh, so here we are. What did we just waste the last two years doing?
1: Um, yeah. Well, it was just, <laughs> it was what a waste, but you see, the bad guys still got what they wanted. And what is it that they really want? They want to destroy the U.S. and I guess Western European as well, middle class. And the lockdowns accomplish that so that pe- our small and medium biz- sized businesses going out of business. Um, and so I think you can put the, um, coronavirus business out of business, but the objective has already been accomplished.
0: Yeah, I'm afraid that's probably true. And, and with Omicron, which seems to hit the vaccinated people about as much as the unvaccinated, the whole vaccine issue kind of becomes irrelevant. And the, the Europeans are figuring that out as the UK and I forget which other countries are all lifting all their restrictions now uh, so it's, it's, and, and their mandates but uh here the mandates continue and, and let's let's quickly jump to this issue this is a story from november about the red state versus blue state issue and there've been sort of ups and downs where it looks like the red states had more covid looks like the blue states had more covid then in november the new york times could tell us that hey the red states have way more covid now see and it's all because they're not getting vaccinated um well maybe but there are also discussions about bad batches. You wanted to talk about that, Cynthia.
1: Yeah, well, um, first of all, I need to say that, and to, to remind the audience that uh, the coronavirus, well, that's not really the issue. The issue is the bioweapon, which is the spike protein. And the spike protein attacks different populations in different kinds of ways. And this is what the uh bioengineering was all about. So some people are ab- absolutely going to die and others are absolutely not going to be affected at all, according to studies that I have read. So is it beyond the idea that the same bioengineers that are bioengineering weaponry against humanity would also bioengineer weaponry against their political opponents i don't think anything is past these people
0: wow well they they call us paranoid conspiracy theorists but just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you <laughs> And so people could go to how, right, right, was it called the bad batch or it's how, how bad or something dot info, uh, how Google, how bad is my batch and you can look at, look at, that's right.
1: How bad is your batch and then you can find out. But the original study was done by a, uh, London outfit. That is really quite nonpartisan, of course, and it quite independent, just researchers. And this was what they found that it was statistically significant that the red states were getting the sicker than the blue states.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, of course, the New York Times is going to spin this in one particular direction and not even look at any possible different perspectives, especially not this issue of clumping uh, bad reactions to COVID according to these batches. Some batches seem to produce the vast, a small number of batches are producing the vast majority of the bad reactions noted by the Vera system. So uh, I guess more research is necessary there. But let's, let's move on to the other huge activist event that we mentioned, which is the 50,000 truckers in Canada uh, so I just published an article in American Free Press, or rather submitted it, and it's available at my substack for people who want to read it now instead of in the middle of next week. Uh This is pretty interesting, isn't it, Cynthia? These truckers in Canada say that if the border is shut down to the unvaccinated truckers, then that takes, I think it's like 20,000 or something truckers out of business and really misses with the supply chain, and so it looks like the people pushing this mandate are going to be destroying the North American economy. And my article points out that that's a pretty stupid move politically, That and all of the the Republicans and conservatives are jumping on board the bandwagon to benefit from this politically. So when the economy tanks, the Democrats are going to take the blame, and they're going to have nobody to blame but their own stupidity.
1: Well, they might have their own stupidity to blame, but they'll be... Uh, better off because <laughs> they they are politically how can I say this the deep state who are their masters are winning both ways because either they shut the economy down or we shut it down now uh what's more significant for us but in the end these are the characters who create the chaos and they thrive on the chaos so either way, they win. And and um, I think it's important for the truckers to do what they're doing. And I think it's important if we can seize a little bit of agency from uh, this scenario that's being played out. And re- let me just remind you that you've got the Marburg disease apparently that's being reported that's in China now. So they might come with something else to seize the agency away from us as we do these innovative uh, protests like the truckers.
0: And by the Marburg disease, are you talking about the uh, – is, is that – I f- oh, is that the chicken disease of the uh, the uh non-vaccinated chickens who all die because the vaccine has driven the emergence of vaccine, rather immune resistant variants? Uh, this is what Ben and Bosch was talking about. Is is that what you're referring to?
1: I'm referring to the, uh it's sort of uh, like Ebola. What's well, the bleeding? Oh, disease. The, oh,
0: Marburg. Okay. I got that. Yes. Mer- I was thinking Merrick's disease. Oh, I mean, Marburg yeah.
1: Steve, uh-huh. yeah. Marburg. Yeah. These
0: days we have to keep our diseases straight. There's too many of them. <laughs> Variants floating around right now. All right, so, so serious activism here in Canada. This is great. And then, speaking of activism, how about Eric Clapton? He always played an eloquent guitar, but now he's speaking out. He's—is he writing songs for the anti-Bolsonaro campaign in Brazil? Lula, love you got me on my knees. Lula, love. No, no, no. He's not doing that. That's—he's <laughs> he's actually talking about mass formation hypnosis, aka mass formation psychosis uh Matthias yes. Desmet's concept. So Eric Clapton, uh, I I would never have predicted that he would become uh a political icon.
1: Well, we do have uh these surprises. And uh, you know, uh, I look at football on Sundays and Aaron Rodgers right. automatically became a, a <laughs> hero of mine and then you've got hey. the basketballer, you've got what his name is Kyrie Kyrie you know, Irving. Yeah. Ky- that's right. You know, and so we Some people are thinking and Clapton is right, but it's wonderful to see these people whose brains are actually functioning and they are able to speak out kind of with a little bit of impunity.
0: Yeah, well, he, he's actually getting a little, uh, a bit of, uh, punity too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he's getting bashed in the mainstream media like crazy, but, um, you know, at some point any publicity is good publicity. I don't That's right.
1: He, Plus, you know, he doesn't need it, the approval from the mainstream media. And, you know, we just finished the, uh, the truckers and there's nowhere on the mainstream media.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? This huge convoy, one of the biggest, you know, size wise demonstrations in history. And yeah. it's just been erased. Crazy. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, the things are getting so crazy that even when you try to write satire, you can't keep up with reality. But I keep trying anyway, as I did in this piece <laughs> from this week. Uh, the freedom from choice movement demands mandatory vaccinations against free will. And All so right. the uh, freedom from freedom foundation partnering with Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson Johnson, Bill Gates, who CDC, CIA, FBI, CCP, DARPA, and other stakeholders to develop a new mRNA vaccine against freedom. Uh, and it goes on from there. And, and the scary thing is it's really, you know, not You know, it's not that far away from reality.
1: It's not far from reality at all. And that's the problem. And, you know, um, these people have just somebody decided to pull the trigger and all of the things that they have been talking about, you know, back when I was studying for my master's, the big thing was the Club of Rome. And so, you know, this whole idea that the, the globe is too populated, but you know, it's never them, it's never the bad guys. It's always the innocent people, too many of y'all or too many of us. And, um, but this push, I guess even since Malthus, but certainly by the club of Rome, you had this small little clique of global people who felt that it was their prerogative to build the Georgia Guidestones to announce that global population is too high, and now we're going to get rid of some folks.
0: Yeah, that's certainly one of the hypotheses to try to explain COVID and this possible new era of endemic bio-warfare. You know, it could be that they really believe their Malthusian predictions and are trying to do something about it. And you know we'll see what this vi- this virus and or this vaccine uh, do to things like fertility in the future and I wouldn't be that surprised if we learn at some point that there is an effect uh but uh, and of course, bill Gates uh from his uh huge mansion in Seattle thinks that it's all the little guys who are using too many resources. So it, it's uh, it's an interesting time. Will we push back enough or not? Well, one guy who's pushing back here is Rand Paul, pushing back against Fauci. And Fauci, uh, of course, was involved in funding the EcoHealth Alliance in sponsoring gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab, which may have been a setup to try to implicate China. If this is a big geopolitical thing against China, who knows? But anyway, Rand Paul, bless his soul, is standing up and asking these hard questions of Fauci. Um, And then Fauci, as we see in the next slide, uh, is whining that he's getting obscene phone calls and death threats uh, because of Rand Paul asking him these questions. He should
1: be getting more than that. He should be getting search warrants.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he should be getting served with uh, (laughs) arrest warrants. Yeah, right. Uh, (laughs) Because the thing is, it it sure looks like Fauci, uh, contrary to these mainstream reports, calling him uh, the America's uh, leading uh, disease expert, well... No he's not. He's not an expert at all. He's a bureaucrat. You know, he of course he lists supposedly listens to the experts, but he's not an expert himself. And and this media lionizing of him. No,
1: and I don't even think he listens to the experts. Not Fauci. Fauci is an operative. Anyone who can do what Fauci has done. And mind you, remember the uh prediction that the Trump administration was definitely going to experience some outbreak. And what I put in my book in the, in the chapter that I wrote is that there was a memo to the file that was written that said anti-malarial drugs will not be allowed to be used for treatment. And that's what has happened. And that's why the out, the huge outcry from a very small n- number of doctors about not being able to use hydroxychloroquine and not being able to use ivermectin.
0: Mm -hmm. And remind the viewers uh, about the title of your book and when that came out. It was early on, wasn't it?
1: Yes, it was early on in 2020. And the name of the book is When China Sneezes. I highly recommend it because it lets you know what the state of our knowledge was at the very beginning of this whole uh, unfolding scenario.
0: And and most of that book is held up very well in light of subsequent events. So we, a lot of folks knew a lot early on, and it's just all been suppressed from the mainstream, and then they've changed all their algorithms and tried to censor the Internet to make sure nobody finds out. But your book stands as a kind of a, a monument to what people thinking outside the box already knew just a few months after this pandemic began.
1: That's exactly right. That's exactly right.
0: And so so Fauci uh is, is not happy that he's being exposed, uh and according to the author of this op ed uh, Mr. Hussein Ibish, uh they hate Fauci because they hate the American state. Uh he, he just can't understand why anybody would hate on Fauci. Um maybe he hasn't. Looked into Fauci's background. Uh, RFK Jr.'s book, *The Real Anthony Fauci*, goes into this. It seems that Fauci has been fronting for germ warriors uh, for decades. When they they shut down the military program after Nixon did the bio-war treaty, they moved all the research on germ warfare into civilian covers at CDC. So, CDC is basically a germ warfare agency now. Fauci has been running it, and then this article. Says, uh, something about, uh, he was, you know, for some, for unknown reasons, they were criticizing him. He was somehow at fault for the AIDS epidemic. Well, wait a minute. Uh, read, read RFK Jr.'s book about that. Um, so, so this, this is typical of the way the mainstream totally covers for Fauci, uh, is utterly deceptive about the way they do it and doesn't even acknowledge these issues that have been raised about his career.
1: But now, Dr. Barrett, let me just remind you. That Fauci is their boy today, but there will come a time when he will be thrown under the bus too.
0: Yeah, that could be. I mean, he's we'll 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 see. Uh, I mean, we so far see. they're circling the wagons, but uh. Uh,
1: yeah, right now because they still need him. But and of course he knows a lot. But at the end of the day, they don't need him. When they don't, when they won't need him, then that's when he better watch out.
0: And it's interesting that the the hating on Fauci is mostly coming from the conservative side. That's the one sort of accurate observation in this article. And it leads to the question of you know okay the article claims they hate Fauci because they hate the state so these are conservatives who hate big government so they hate Fauci okay but what about the liberals and the left-wingers who hate big pharma well no they don't but why don't they hate big pharma I mean all of the they big don't hate corrupt North corporations China
1: anymore yeah why, <laughs> why not, not, why not? not? not left this position any longer
0: <laughs> yeah I, I don't get this okay RFK Jr he's a classic left-leaning democrat he's doing what left-leaning democrats have always done criticizing big corporate power and there's no more evil example of big corporate power besides, aside from the defense contractors than big pharma democrats should be going after big pharma with all guns blazing and they're not
1: yeah. but not? they're def- they're defending because they've been purchased by the billionaire class the democrats are as purchased as are the republicans it sure and looks so, that way yeah at, at first it was the 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 war class the war party but now it's just the billionaire party uh for the both of them
0: indeed so uh well at least the republicans are going after the state still that's good i wish the democrats would go after the corporation so we'd have a, you know, a little bit of a balance there but you know i guess we'll have to wait a long time for that uh and so rfk jr wrote the book on fauci and i really urge everybody to read it you know it's been at the top of the bestseller list for a long time. Uh, the deceptively tweaked bestseller lists that have been trying to hide its success. I think it's sold a million copies or so by now. Anyway, so. Well, I'm,
1: a, I'm one of those purchasers and I encourage everybody in the audience to purchase it. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but it's on my bookshelf. I'm going to read it.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm halfway through it and gradually making my way through, and it is quite eye-opening. So he's keeping this Kennedy political legacy uh, relevant for today. And speaking of the Kennedy legacy and what's relevant today, I think that JFK coup of 1963 is as relevant as ever. And this is a terrific article by uh, Edward Curtin, who's been on my radio show recently and will be back before too long, uh, summarizing this new documentary by Oliver Stone supporting what he was saying in his film JFK back in the early 1990s. I thought this was a great article. It sounds like a great film, which I haven't seen yet. This new documentary, um, but of course, it does leave out one very important angle, which is the Israel angle. There's no mention of Jack Ruby being a mob hitman for Mickey Cohen, who is the organized crime kingpin who raised more money for Israel than any other individual in all of history. Uh, so his right, his, his hitman went and killed Lee Harvey Oswald. And, uh, yet, uh, that, that whole angle, which, you know, and Michael Collins Piper, Lawrence Guyano and other researchers have shown that Israel benefited massively from killing JFK, who is dedicated to shutting down their nuclear program and putting the Israeli-owned criminal Lyndon Johnson in the White House. And that all has been erased not only from Orthodox history, but even from the Oliver Stone version.
1: Well, I, yeah, I, I agree with you that uh, much has been erased from history and we see even more being erased today is, you know, call it the cancel culture or whatever. But, um, yeah, we need to know more about what JFK, uh, about how JFK, those forces that were operating behind his murder. I did hear Mordecai Vanunu actually speak about the um, pushback that Israel gave to Kennedy because he wanted, one, them to sign the the non-proliferation treaty, and two, because he wanted, um, APAC. He was concerned about the influence of the Israel lobby in the United States. And we're still concerned about it.
0: As well, we should be. I mean, if this is a a lobby that can work with organized crime to murder presidents and president's brothers and, and who knows who else, uh, it's maybe something that should be looked into. Uh, So is, is, uh, RFK Jr. right. Well, JFK was right about the need to shut down Israel's nuclear program. And RFK is right about Anthony Fauci. Uh, He's right about COVID. He's right about vaccines. And his position, of course, is much more moderate than his detractors admit. But is he right about comparing the COVID unfreedom uh, movement to the Holocaust? Well, the whole mainstream media has gone bananas attacking him for this. Uh, In this article, uh, Rabbi Michael Barclay, uh, the previous article, rather, this Rabbi uh, Barclay defends RFK Jr. and points out that what he said is absolutely right, which is, quote, even in Hitler's Germany, you could cross the Alps into Switzerland, as in the sound of music. Uh, you could hide in an attic like Anne Frank did. <laughs> uh, with COVID uh, dystopia, you won't have anywhere to run. You won't have anywhere to hide.
1: Well, I'm trying my best to run, but.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm afraid to even say which country you're going to.
1: Don't say it. Don't
0: say it. Is it Austria or maybe Australia? I I can't (laughs) remember. When the cops come looking for your friend, you say, I think he went to Austria or was it Australia? Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yes, well, I think uh we can both agree that r f. k jr was right, and then he did apologize for uh any feelings that might have been hurt by uh his characterization, but at the end of the day, um there's no bad time to tell the truth
0: indeed not and and I think another it's not only the fact that you know you can't really hide from the forces of government today but also the The fact that they're scapegoating a population. Now, whatever people might think about the details of the World War II Holocaust, there's no question that certain groups, including Jews, in fact, especially Jews, were scapegoated uh, for political purposes by the Nazi leadership or elements thereof. Maybe Hitler did a little bit less of that, especially after he rose to power, than we're told. And, and maybe there there were others, uh, like, uh, who was it, the Strasser, who published the Daily Sturmer, who were like, really scapegoating like crazy. But there was a scapegoating process of blaming everything on some group. And that that happened, uh, and it led to to tragic consequences, whatever the details were. The same is going on right now. You can really see how this anger against the unvaccinated is being whipped up by these striker-style propagandists. And it could lead to really bad stuff, too. You know, we're we're seeing uh, the unvaxxed not being allowed to shop for groceries uh, without a sort of a, com- a health commissar just sticking them in a uh, plastic cubicle. Uh, this is a, a new story out of Quebec. Um, and, and, you know, I, I had Mona Shake, the comedian on my show. And she was, you know, ranting about, you know, we got to get rid of the anti-vaxxers. And so I said, do you, you want to send us to the gas chambers, Mona? And, and she <laughs> said, no, we don't need gas chambers. The uh, COVID's going to do the job. <laughs> so that kind of attitude is very much like the stereotypical uh, attitude of Nazis toward Jews. It's just, it's true. And so RFK Jr. said it. That doesn't make it untrue. Um, and, and so the, you know, once again, the mainstream uh, pushback is, is ridiculous. So, uh, speaking of the vaccine holocaust, uh, quote unquote, uh, what's the next, the next story here was, oh, that, this is the Washington Post story. Uh, and the next is another pushback story from this uh, Holocaust survivor, Vera Sharov, who talked about how under the Nazi regime, mm. they, people destroyed their social conscience in the name of public health and then talked about how the Nazis were pro-eugenicist and now we have these public health people like bill gates and all his money who were also pro-eugenicist uh so i thought she made some pretty good points here cynthia yes i'm yes. i'm okay. still
1: there i'm huh? not gonna uh, yeah i i have nothing to add because you said it all
0: okay well, let's move on to <laughs> <laughs> neil young versus joe rogan then uh So these are, these are two back to back stories. It's kind of, this reminds me of the bathroom graffiti. Uh, God is dead. Nietzsche. And then Nietzsche is dead. God. Uh, well, here we have Young uh, says remove Rogan. And then in the next slide, we see uh, Spotify removes Young and leaves Rogan. So I guess that's the big uh, celebrity COVID kerfluffle of the week. Uh, but Cynthia, what's scary here is having somebody like Neil Young, who's supposedly this, you know, from this generation of anti-authoritarian rockers suddenly becoming authoritarian wanting to ban people and censor people is is that uh i mean that's not what we fought for back in the 60s is it
1: i know and you know it, it is really sad and i when i saw this story i just stopped for a moment and i played ohio because that for me is one of the signature songs of that time when i think that generation that precede preceded us almost overthrew the deep state. They almost, they almost won and were about to be able to create a new United States of America, the one that we all say that we want, and that we say that we deserve, one that is bounded in the Constitution and the ideals of the Constitution. Um, and so to now see someone like that go in the opposite direction is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's sad, um, but it's a marker of the time. You could say Neil Young now is a man of his time, a man of his time, then and now, because that's what's happening now
0: yeah yeah absolutely well this actually kind of reminded me of how he got 911 wrong like right after 911 happened he put out that song let's roll uh, lionizing the heroic passengers mm. of Flight 93 who supposedly revolted against the evil Muslim hijackers and uh, and took down the plane, thereby saving, was it Congress or was it Building 7 or wherever that plane was supposedly headed. Uh, and so that Let's Roll was basically a pro-genocide anthem. It was part of a mind control yeah. operation designed to launch what became the 30 million Muslim Holocaust that was perpetrated by uh, the post-9-11 American state and its Israeli puppet masters. And so he was part of the propaganda campaign propagandizing for this genocide and then he woke up to 9-11 a few years later i heard from people Mm -hmm. i trust that he was on this list of celebrities who knew about 9-11 but didn't want to go public with it you listen to some of those albums from the mid-2000s and yeah you can tell he's hip he is hip to 9-11 so took him a few years he's probably not the quickest (laughs) guy uh from his generation so maybe he'll wake up on covid at some point too i don't know if we should write him off But, uh, yeah. Well, you can
1: just call me a Van Morrison girl.
0: (laughs) Me too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I always liked Van Morrison. I still do. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, so moving on from, from rock and roll tastes, uh, to the end of the world. Uh, (laughs) how about Ukraine? Uh, oh man, you know, this, we say this to the middle for the middle of the show, but this could have been the top story that, you know, we're right on the precipice of a possible world war three as, you know, Moscow gave the West this ultimatum, you know, remove the nukes and stop the eastward push. And the West is just thumbing its nose at, at the Russians. And so it's the immovable object and the irresistible force. Once again, Uh the U.S. is screaming uh from the head, headlight, from the headlines and from the rooftops that a Russian attack is imminent. And Ukraine says, no, it isn't. I mean, they're the ones on the front lines. They're supposedly about to be invaded and they're just shrugging this off. Uh It's all very strange, isn't it, Cynthia?
1: It is it is strange but then it's not strange. I mean what's strange is that we've got this demented president who can't articulate a position one way or the other and then when he does it's embarrassing and uh he can't seem to keep his eyes off young girls and makes comments about And his, don't forget his nose. <laughs>
0: huh? He can't he can't keep his nose off their hair either.
1: Oh, Okay. <laughs> I didn't know you were a comedian, too. But, you know, that's the that's the truth. So now um, we get this, um, you know, some people want a Cold War again. And I remember I was shopping in the store, in the grocery store back in the good old days. And this woman came up to me and said, Putin just wants to recreate the Soviet Union. And I said to her, well, what's wrong with that? So, I mean, you know, the bottom line is people are just becoming inflamed because the media is inflaming them and they're not stopping to think about what the heck this really is. So, yeah, we've got a few trigger happy generals and probably uh, definitely politicians who want to drop some more bombs I mean, not that the United States has stopped dropping bombs. And Putin is right that the United States has destroyed entire countries and they want to destroy Russia as well. If Russia will not bend to the globalist view that Russia needs to become the reservoir of natural resources for that small little clique of people.
0: Yeah, well said. I I couldn't say it better. And except I, I don't, I don't think uh, he is actually trying to recreate the Soviet Union. I mean, in a sense, he's trying to have some defensible sort of buffer states around Russia, but he's, he's a nationalist and he's very critical of the Soviet Union and the history of communism. Uh, to his credit, I think there were some downsides to communism as well as some upsides, of course. Um, but yeah, he's, he, I, th- I think his position is pretty reasonable. and He actually looks pretty good as a leader compared to what we've got over here. Uh, which Absolutely. of course isn't saying much.
1: And, and I don't think he's trying to recreate, but that's what was said in the media. And mm-hmm. then that's why that lady said it to me. Right. Um, and you know, it is just pointing out how gullible people are if it's on television and, you know, Walter Cronkite says it. I don't know who the equivalent is today because I don't look at any of them. I I guess Joy Reid, if Joy Reid says it, then it's true.
0: Yeah, yeah, that propaganda is coming out, you know, full bore. And of course, now they brainwashed all the Democrats and the people on the left uh, around COVID and turned them into sort of goose stepping salute the flag automatons. That means if they want to have a war, that left wing that usually is the place where the anti war movement arises is pretty well under control right now it's it's under the power of the mass formation hypnosis and but, so but you
1: know what the bottom line on this for me geopolitically speaking is the 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 fact is if you're looking at you know eurasia as as the center of contention the united states will never be in Asia. (laughs) Russia is in Asia. China is in Asia. India is in Asia. You've got these super states that are in Asia, and the United States wants to control Asia. It's ridiculous. And And it's not even the United States, because at the end of the day, the militarism and the propaganda, it's the people of the United States that pay the ultimate price so that a few people can benefit financially.
0: Absolutely. Juan Bosch, the leader of the Dominican Republic, made this point back in the 60s, that it was really this imperialism that was extracting resources and money from the American people more than anything else.
1: That's uh, right.
0: Yep, absolutely. So, so yeah, the American people really should be joining with the other folks around the world uh, who are resisting this imperial monster. Uh, but uh, it's it's a slow process waking people up. And, you know, this Ukraine crisis, Cynthia, it's partly about the NATO encroachment of Russia and Russia's desire to stop it. It's also maybe to some extent being driven by these neocons who have a great affection for Israel. The biggest warmongers in American government and politics are neocons uh, with dual loyalties and some people would say that's actually not true. They don't have dual loyalties. They really mainly care about Israel. But in any right. case, one, the people who care about Israel are probably pretty happy that 75,000 Ukrainian Jews are in danger and are going to have to be uh, saved uh, by being kidnapped and sent to Israel. And this is how Israel gets population is they go and they terrorize people. Uh, they did it to Morocco. I mean, I have, I did my Fulbright work in Morocco and I learned about this, how the, the, Mossad used terrorism, including sinking a, a ship and murdering uh, a bunch of people to basically uh, chase all the Jews out of Morocco. They did it to Iraq and other places as well. Uh, they terrorized their own people to try to get them to Israel. They need to populate Israel with more and more Jews. So that could be a factor here. It could be a reason why the neocons are so hawkish on Ukraine. What do you think, Cynthia?
1: Well, the, tra- you could say that the transfer agreement never ended. And so this push, well, and that's the nature of Zionism, right, is that if you're Jewish, then Israel is your country and you're a part of the Jewish nation, no matter where you are. I re- never will forget the testimony before the Congress where they were basically members of the anti-defamation, representatives of the Anti-Defamation League were against the definition of anti-Semitism because that went directly against the objectives of Zionism and the transfer agreement um, or part of this desire, as you say, to populate Israel and by any means necessary, I see that happening.
0: And of course the biggest scandal uh, around the Trump administration was the way it was controlled by Israel. And perhaps the biggest scandal around Trump's election in 2016 was how he may have been selected by Israel. Uh, there were credible reports about that. So now, of course, we never hear about that. We hear about all these other various kinds of scandals. We claims Trump was a Russian agent, which is quite ridiculous. He was obviously far more of an Israeli agent than a Russian agent. And, uh, and now the endless discussion around the 2016 election has changed to endless discussion around the 2020 election. And we're hearing about how Giuliani and his allies uh, created these fake slates of electors for different states that were supposedly going to be voted on by the state legislatures uh, who would then say, these are the real electors. And then in Congress, the Republicans would believe them and the Democrats wouldn't. So there would be a big fight. It would all end up being decided by Congress. And I think uh, Trump would have had the votes to win. So there was actually a plot to keep Trump in power. I think that's probably true. Uh yeah, but uh, the way it's being framed is pretty one-sided.
1: Well, I mean, of course, there's a plot. It's called, <laughs> there, there. There was a plot to keep Trump in. There was a plot to ke- get Trump out. That's right. And that's called the U.S. election <laughs> and <laughs> an electioneering. Yeah. So that's the, the, whatever you know. I read the um, the uh, congressional testimony. From 1878, I believe the election uh, Rutherford B. Hayes, and it was exactly the same thing. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it was
0: 1876. A, yeah, Hayes versus Tilden.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly, and uh, it was the same same thing. So um, the Electoral College uh, allegations of buying electors and all kinds of crazy things. That probably did happen. So I'm not surprised at at the extent to which uh, these elections are contended, contended, but what I am surprised at was what I saw on video of the Democrats who probably have said, you know, we've lost at this game for a long time and we're going to win it now. And with the help of Stacey Abrams, they concocted a plan to stuff ballots and have those ballots count. That plan actually is exactly what the United States had done in Haiti to stuff the ballots in Haiti. They were blank ballots at the time, but they were going to count the blank ballots against Aristide's um, mentee um, of uh, Rene Preval. But Having caught wind of it, I went to the Florida house and called called it out so election theft um is something that that's why you have the n d i and the National Republican Institute and the National Endowment for Democracy because that's what they do all over the world so to think that those tactics would then not be brought back to the United States and used at home the and plus the whole idea of having undocumented um, uh, immigrants in the United States vote in local elections, and eventually that would be in federal elections too. I'm sure. So what we're witnessing is a uh, is I believe is an attack on <laughs> in the name of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and John Lewis, an attack on election integrity um, for partisan for partisan gain and I think uh there is a simple solution if you want ele- election integrity the first thing you've got to do is get rid of the electronic voting machines you've got to have uh paper ballots those paper ballots have to be counted in the public and by regular people not by um, uh, partisan th- there's are p- partisan bureaucrats they end up not being bureaucrats, these are people who become established inside the election administration system, which has been privatized vaguely. So you got to do that as well. You got you to gotta undo that as well.
0: That all makes perfect sense to me. Well, anyway, the one thing you can say for the Democrats, at least, is that they actually stuff actual ballots, whereas the Republicans just flip switches on voting machines and, and make up imaginary votes. So uh, some people think that the, uh, uh, the Democratic... Uh, type of fraud is is less pernicious uh, well
1: i just have to say that um the people who were against me were democrats uh you know so and the first deployment of those electronic voting machines was by a democrat in the state um, of georgia
0: okay so speaking <laughs> speaking from experience uh so so i guess uh yeah it makes sense that election uh playing around playing around with elections is a bipartisan sport obviously yes uh,
1: yeah. yes
0: and uh so and of course you know 2000 2004 weren't the only times that we had good reason to question presidential election results in this country however you're not allowed to talk about that anymore social media and especially youtube will or take any you election because any the bottom
1: line is that you don't need a machine in order to cheat in an election. So what, what, what really has to happen is that we, the people have to get busy and get on the stick and understand election administration in this country and ch- make the changes that are necessary, um, in order to have elections that have integrity.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, hand counted paper ballots, uh, counted, uh, with total transparency, make the whole process transparent. That would go a long way towards fixing it. And I'm, I think there are people who don't want it fixed because they want to keep fixing the elections themselves. Uh, next, next story, uh, we, oh, next story is, is basically the same one except that the federal prosecutors are on it. So we, we already talked about that, but how, let's move to Georgia. That's your home state, Cynthia. The Georgia prosecutor is convening a grand jury, uh, around Trump saying, all I want is, just 11,780 votes. That's one more than than Biden beat me by. Uh so the grand jury do you think they're going to indict Trump or what where is this going?
1: Ah uh, it's going nowhere because if, if we we I'm with Garland Favorito who is fighting for election integrity in Georgia is fighting to get rid of the um non-transparent electronic voting machines. The Democrats don't want to get rid of the electronic voting machines and the Republicans don't want to get rid of the electronic voting machines. So that tells you who wants to rig the elections. And so um, as a result of the um, wonderful work that Voter Georgia has done, what we've discovered is that there were over a 100,000 votes that were that have no chain of absentee ballots that have no chain of custody. You open up the envelope. Well, They're not in an envelope, so they don't even have a fold. And anyone who's voted absentee knows that the absentee ballot has got to have a fold and it can't, and it's got to be manually marked. It can't be, uh, look like it's, um, marked, uh, electronically. So we've got over a hundred thousand absentee ballots that don't have a chain of custody. And I believe that there was stuffing out the yazoo. In Georgia. And um, then all of a sudden, after a string of successful uh, legal maneuvers, then it all got shut down, but not before the over 100,000 uh, lack of chain of custody absentee ballots before that became known.
0: And so that aspect of this whole case, those uh, absentee ballots, that never gets mentioned in the mainstream stories on this. Um, so, maybe Alex Jones and the others who were protesting at the Capitol on January sixth because they were angry about what they thought was a stolen election, you know maybe they uh had a case there um and now Alex is being dragged in front of the January sixth committee in Congress, where he pled the Fifth Amendment a hundred times. And he said he had to do that on advice of counsel he did, he wanted to answer the questions, but his lawyer said they'll they'll find some way to charge you with perjury because you'll you'll get something wrong in the long list of answers you give, so you're better off keeping your mouth shut uh keeping your mouth shut alex Jones that must have been yeah. tough
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know uh Alex Jones is as much a propagandist as you know fox and c n n and it's it's kind of a shame to me because I was um um, invited by Project Censored to give Alex Jones to present an award to Alex Jones for his journalism. So at one time he was a real journalist and then he became, you know, very successful and became a successful propagandist. And, and it's, it's, uh, I, I want to see journalists remain journalists and I'd like to see him go back to real investigative journalism.
0: Yeah, me too. I I don't know if success went to his head or what, but yeah, I saw that trajectory change too.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. and,
0: And so I think though he's, he and some of his friends are right about this January 6th thing in some ways, uh, saying that it was unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, suspecting there may have been a little bit of a setup involved. Yeah. And finally pointing out that, these folks who are locked up in the D.C. jail, maybe some of them did actually commit violence or other crimes, uh, whatever kinds of crimes they're charged with, but it seems like some people were basically being charged because they kind of stupidly followed other people into the Capitol and thought they were being waved in by police and stuff, and just going into the Capitol is being considered a crime uh and so those people are languishing in the DC jail under horrific conditions and so now apparently there there are some some uh some white folks who are learning uh what the DC jail is like and so maybe that's a good thing maybe we'll actually uh solve that problem and and uh because that, that jail is i've heard is just atrocious and, and well, stories
1: well even even as much as that i think the lar- th- there's even a larger lesson Because some of us, like me, I've read, there's thousands of pages of COINTELPRO papers, and I've read probably two-thirds of them. And the things that the United States government did to set people up, to orchestrate uh, events, to target individuals who really wanted only the best for this country and for themselves and their communities, um, Is horrible. And so I have spent the last probably 25, 30 years talking about COINTELPRO only to be, you know, yeah, okay, that was history. That was back then or whatever. But now you've got people who are understanding that, yeah, it's easy to be set up and yeah, your government can do things. Um, imagine the FBI had agents assigned. To break up marriages, to, I mean, to make people appear to be what they weren't, uh, government collaborators or whatever. And they spent time and money and effort and brain time and creative time to try and destroy people's lives. That's the same thing that's happening now. And why is it happening now? Because people didn't do what needed to be done to stop it back then.
0: And for more details on what's being done to these particular people in the D.C. jails, uh, go to americangulag.org. Okay, moving on to uh, the Zionist enslavement category. Uh, One of the stories from this week was Reverend J. Herbert Nelson saying that the continued occupation in Palestine slash Israel is 21st century slavery and should be abolished immediately. He said, I would hope that the Jewish community in the United States would influence the call to join the U.S. government in ending the immoral enslavement. So instead, the Jewish groups are apparently more interested in condemning Nelson than in condemning the genocide of Palestine. So he's been slammed uh, for saying this, but that doesn't mean what he said wasn't true.
1: Well, I just hope that his position in the Presbyterian church is safe and he doesn't end up losing it because of those remarks that's generally what happens with people who speak out and speak truth
0: yeah that's right well it's it's always good to see people like this who have the guts to take that risk and then let's hope that he has the guts to fight back you know it looks to me like when people back down uh when they come under fire like this it doesn't help it just encourages the bullies to bully them even more so the best thing is just to stand up for yourself say everything i said is true i'll be happy to debate you in public anytime you want and and
1: next time. Yeah, that's the tact that you've done and uh I think it's very effective.
0: It hasn't garnered me uh like uh Pulitzer prizes or or mainstream jobs or anything, you know, grants from big foundations, but uh I'm still here. <laughs> so
1: You're still here. That's right. That's right. You're showing that there's there's life after anger. After you know, canceling uh, their anger.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I, I got, I got canceled kind of early on before the word cancel even existed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So speaking of, of the Zionist lobby trying to destroy people's careers over in the UK, they're doing the same thing. As always, the latest, uh, attempt to, to lynch somebody in the universities is this person. Um, oh, what, what, what's her name? Uh, Ab- Ab- Sal- Abu Salama. Who works for Electronic Intifada? She's a PhD student. They're not just going after professors, they're going after graduate students at Sheffield Halam University. And uh, this comes in the wake of the uh, Zionist lynching of David Miller, a professor at Bristol University. Uh, of course, Cynthia, you know all about the Zionist lobby messing with your uh, professional aspirations. So,
1: yeah. Well, definitely. And I'm wondering if this is the young lady. Um, because I received a, a call from a friend of mine over in London who is telling me that someone has been prosecuted and is facing seven years in prison for a tweet.
0: Really? I think yeah, I might, I don't think that's her. Um,
1: okay. They're just yeah, trying to it's,
0: destroy her career, but they're not imprisoning her yet.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, now this same scenario is being played out. With someone who sent a tweet in support of the Palestinians, and now uh, under the hate hate speech law yeah, in London, I heard about that, yeah. she faces seven years in prison.
0: That's completely insane. Um, it I'm is glad, insane. Glad we have a but, First Amendment in the U.S., although... Uh, I, at least I thought we did. We'll see whether we still have it, I guess, after the show's over. If they kick in our doors, we don't. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so speaking of, of Israeli outrages and abuses, um, how about the Pegasus spyware? Uh, it's apparently been used now against more than 50,000 phones, many of them activists, including very mainstream activists. We just learned that they were going after the Human Rights Watch (HRW) lobby, which is very establishment. Uh, so this Israeli spyware that hacks people's phones has been sold to oppressive governments, not just Israel's government, but Azerbaijan, Bahrain, Hungary, India, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, and they probably used it to go after uh, Bezos and uh, and you know uh, go after the do do the the bone saw murder and on and on, on. So this Pegasus spyware. Is, uh, it's, it, even, even the mainstream media kind of looks askance at the way this has been sold by Israeli companies to all sorts of bad actors.
1: Yeah. And some of those bad actors, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, in the so-called Patriot community, I'm wondering if there, if this COINTELPRO move, um, exists where they're trying to infiltrate the Patriot movement with individuals who, Um, might who have esteem but it's based on promotion from the pro-israel group and one of the persons that i'm interested in is uh general michael flynn because it's my understanding that he has some kind of relationship with this nso group in terms you know some kind of financial relationship that if that's true, then it sort of makes us wonder, you know, well, who is Michael Flynn in the end?
0: Yeah, no, I, I've suspected him of being a phony for a long time. He's been working with these ultra Zionist kinds of groups, uh, uh pushing the, the 9-11 Muslim Holocaust. You know, these, the people that did 9-11 basically, uh, teamed up with Flynn. So what kind of anti-establishment character could that possibly be? I don't trust him at all. Um, but who knows? Maybe we'll we'll find out more in the future. Uh, but let's let's move over to Iran, the country that the Zionists hate the most. Uh, and this was a very strange sort of man bites dog story. A pro Iran piece from National Public Radio. Cynthia, am I hallucinating?
1: <laughs> you probably are. Um, big or I don't know if this is. If if the vaccination campaign is one that uh, involves the Western big pharma,
0: and and, and, and PR loves the vaccine so much that they forgot to hate Iran.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, assuming it's theirs, but it might also be something that Iran has created on its own. I don't know. and so then it's the idea of mass vaccination that they're promoting without the substance of whether or not, you know, whose vaccine it is. I, I just would never, I, I can't imagine that Iran would promote anything from Pfizer and all of the rest of them. Um, no, it, is, but, it isn't. Okay. Then, 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 well,
0: yeah, these, these are non non mRNA vaccines, and there mm-hmm. a lot of them are, are homegrown, homemade in Iran. And uh, I think they did bring in some AstraZeneca. Uh, for a long mm-hmm. time, they weren't bringing in anything from the West, and then they brought in some AstraZeneca. But there's no Pfizer, no Moderna, no J and J, no mRNA at all. Uh, and, mm-hmm. they, and but this article was complimentary to Raisi and the so-called hardliners, uh and cheering them for being in power as iran was supposedly successfully vaccinated uh death toll has supposedly plummeted to 20 a day this month from over 700 it's true iran was the hardest hit country in the region from COVID. they were the first hit after china making a lot of us suspicious about who who hit them because it targeted calm and the top clerical leadership and the top government leadership but in any case i'm glad fewer people are dying there although i'm skeptical about whether vaccines are the only reason for that
1: well i i just uh would like to remind folks that this um uh lung pr- problem this disease of the lungs remind folks that this actually was first used as a bioweapon against Khaled Michal back in the 1990s. Hmm. And, um, well,
0: there they had an some, antidote.
1: Well, w- they never used the antidote. Well,
0: they, they used it on Khaled Michal.
1: No, they didn't use it because they didn't know whether or not. So they used their own, at the end, their own, um, knowledge base in order to bring him back.
0: Really? Okay. Cause the story, the yeah. story, of course, in the mainstream media is that Israel gave, uh, was it Jordan, the, uh, yes. antidote? Yeah.
1: Yes. They did give it to him, but then the, the, the matter was, are we going to use it? And they chose not to use it because they didn't know mm-hmm. and they didn't trust. And that was a good thing.
0: Yeah. I, I wouldn't then, trust an Israeli antidote either.
1: <laughs> right. That's right. But then, so now in Iran, remember you had all those scientists that were being killed what was going on there and what and you know so um we don't know where um well we know that it's a bioweapon the spike protein is a bioweapon we know it was created and we also know it was spread around the world it was spread in certain places and one of those places was Israel and I was uh um uh, uh, Iran and I'm wondering if some of those scientists were killed with some kind of bio agent like this. And um, maybe if Iran is doing this vaccination program, maybe because they um, have created something from their own knowledge base because they knew that they were being attacked in the first place.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So maybe they actually had a, a leg up on developing their own vaccines. And, and they've been very good at developing their own technology in a lot of fields. I just wrote an article about that for Crescent International, which people can find on my sub Well, moving from Iran over to Chile, uh, this new president-elect, Boric, uh, is appointing a bunch of activists, many of them female, to his cabinet. One of them is Allende's granddaughter, um, and there may even be a new post-Pinochet constitution. The current constitution in Chile was written for the dictator Pinochet, who was installed after that September 11th, was it 1971 or 73, I forget, coup uh, overseen by Nixon and Kissinger. So Chile may be finally sort of slowly emerging from the shadow of Pinochet.
1: Well that would be wonderful if they are um but they're also in the ring of fire <laughs> and you know uh yesterday I just happened to check the earthquakes and there were like 59 earthquakes yesterday wow and uh so you also have to just hope that um people are safe and that people understand that the earth is going through its own changes right now not anthropogenic and um that uh whatever is happening now we that's something else that we need to be that we need to understand how to deal with
0: Hmm. okay and maybe we should do a radio show on that sometime because that that in itself is a big and really fascinating topic but for now we're, (laughs) we're going through the world news we're almost getting to the end of the show the next story is the coup in West Africa. What a coincidence, isn't it, Cynthia? It's such a coincidence that the U.S. goes in and trains some uh, military guy and then he overthrows the, the democratic government. It happens over and over and over and over and over. Um, you know, here it's Burkina Faso, uh, where uh, Cabaret is overthrown by the U.S.-embedded new leader, Paul Henry Sandiego, uh Damimba. Just last summer, the Green Berets came to Guinea Guinea to train a special forces unit led by Colonel Dumbuya. And then he leads a coup. And this pattern just continues. Like, you know, why do these countries even let the Americans come in and train their coup perpetrators?
1: Yeah, it's it's very sad. You know, I I, um, was particularly active on African issues when I was in the Congress. And it's just so sad. Uh, i kind of just left it behind because it's such a den of spies almost anywhere you go. Um, You you never know who's who and it's all intelligence agencies and intelligence agents. And it's, 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 um, it's very sad, but um, yes, it it seems that we, we, the people of the U S ought to be able to rein in our own policymakers and those who implement the policy, but uh, and oftentimes we don't care. We don't care enough.
0: Well, when the U.S. abuses the world with its military and corporate power, we don't read about it in the New York Times. We have to go to places like the Intercept, and even that can be watered down. But when China... Yes is accused of abusing some workers in Serbia. That makes the front page of the New York Times, and that did happen this week as the $900 million Linglong Tire Factory in Serbia is accused of uh, mistreating its workers. So uh, is this mm, dubious anti-China propaganda, or is there probably a kernel of truth here?
1: There's probably a kernel of truth there, but it's also uh, purposeful. <laughs>
0: both A and B.
1: Yeah, you yeah. know, so so we we understand that if we read that headline, um, we're not going to see the other headlines that would be probably more favorable to China. We're not going to see those, but we have to be able to discern why we see certain headlines and why we don't. That's the problem, like with the lady who said, you know, the, uh, Putin's just trying to recreate the Soviet Union. There's that, uh, unfortunately, there's not enough thinking.
0: So the president Vucic, the populist over in Serbia, is not popular in the Western mainstream media. And likewise, uh Djokovic, the tennis star, is not popular either because uh, he's unvaccinated and got banned and so on. So some negative publicity for Serbia, for China. Hey, that fits the bill. Uh Doesn't mean it isn't true, though. So moving on to the final and most important story of the week, the plague monkeys may have been finally unleashed. Remember the film Twelve Monkeys? Uh, where an apocalypse from a bioweapon kills everybody because 12 monkeys escaped. Well, we just had a hundred lab monkeys escape after a pickup truck pulling a trailer carrying these monkeys yeah. was hit by a dump truck. Uh, and the authorities have asked residents who see the monkeys to call the state police and or the CDC or even Fauci's personal cell at 570-524-2660. Oh. Did I just give out Fauci? No, no, that's the state police number. <laughs> 570-524-2662. If you see any plague monkeys coming your way, quickly call that number or the world may end. And then again, it may not. And if it doesn't, we'll be back next week here at False Plague Weekly News. Well, thank you so much, Cynthia McKinney. Uh, <laughs> uh, are we going to survive the pl- plague monkeys and do a show next week, do you think?
1: Uh, well, I certainly hope we, we will. This reminds me of Hurricane Katrina. Remember the bio labs that were underwater and the animals yeah. that escaped and, and, um, so now, and the CDC put out a, a message saying, well, if you come in contact with the, go to your doctor right away. If you come ma- in contact with one ma- of these. They maintain six
0: feet of distance and make sure that the uh, animal's wearing a mask.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's a shame that we have these kinds of uh, uh, events that are rolling on our roads uh, and we don't know it. There's no notice and uh, we have all of this that's happening and we don't know it. Things that our government is doing and we don't know it. And the shrouding and secrecy of all of the things that people ought to know with what's what's being done with their tax dollars. So at the end of the day, I've changed my whole attitude about government because now I'm an anarchist. I don't believe that uh, until we wipe the whole slate clean and start all over again. And I think if we did that, we could start all over with something a whole lot better than what we have or what we can even imagine right now, because This is so oppressive.
0: Well, I I can't imagine why people have a problem with the government when we have uh, mobile mobile bioweapons labs full of plague (laughs) monkeys being hauled around in trailers by pickup trucks and getting hit by dump trucks. But, you know, whatever. Uh, Well, thanks, Cynthia. It's been (laughs) fun doing the show with you. Uh, Keep up the great work. God bless. And uh, on your way to that undisclosed location in that undisclosed country, uh, safe journeys. May Allah protect you.
1: Oh, thank you very much.
0: (laughs) Okay. Take care. And thank you to our viewers. See you all next week.